0: Welcome to The Gathering Podcast. We hope you enjoy this week's message. For me, when I look at the world around us, it's hard not to see the challenges that we're being faced with on so many different levels in so many different areas. We look at the world right now and we see instability. We look at the things that are going on right now in the Middle East and we see the danger and we see the potential fallout from what's going on right now. We, we look at what's going on in our country and we see that there is this, this undermining of our values and our belief systems. And if we're honest and we just look at it uh, in all complete transparency, we look at what's happening right now in our nation with our current administration and the values that they're putting forward. When they're saying, this is what's important. It's not to keep our nation safe or secure. It's not to build us up. It's not to be able to create a nation that's able to bless the rest of the world. It's a nation that is built on needing to be more tolerant and more accepting and to coddle those that feel like they just need to be, they can't handle the truth. Like our nation has become a nation where the values that we once stood upon are no longer our fundamental truths. And so as we go through day after day after day, what we see is new ways to be angry at each other, new ways to find to find division. We see the media and social media and, and even those outside of our nation that would have an impact in these areas creating ways for us to, to find discord and not unity. And it's happening continually. It's happening all the time and we see it taking place. And sometimes it's easier to close our eyes and to not really look at it. Sometimes it's easier to feel overwhelmed by it and then to just try to go after something else that feels like we have control over it than to look at the real issues. I was listening to a podcast not too long ago, and he was basically saying, like, it seems strategic that every time something's going to happen that there's, like, a smoke screen or something else that happens somewhere else to take our eyes off of it. Even to the point of talking about UFOs. Right, like I'm not going to ask for a show of hands today, but but we're talking about UFOs, and it's like, okay, well, I mean, uh, this seems to be a little bit out of left field or outer space or whatever it is, when there's real stuff going on right now that we need to be concerned about. There is stuff in our country right now that we need to be discussing, and not just in the workplace or not just in our homes, but in the church, we need to be discussing what's going on. We need to talk about these things because when we look at what's happening right now in our nation, we have to understand that it's going to have an impact on the future generations. It's not just about what's happening in front of us in 2023. It's about those who will come after and what our nation will look like and what God wants to do in this nation through His church, through believers, through those who know who their identity is. Like, that's what we have to be cognizant of. Otherwise, it's really easy to go to sleep, to hit the snooze button, and just wake up to live another day with all the other chaos and with all the other nonsense going on around us. When we have a nation that is more uh, interested in pandering to the voices of of those who who feel like they're not being accepted for their their gender identity— When we have more importance of accepting and affirming and forming, we have more important. We see it as to be more important to be accepting and affirming than forming and shaping culture, to produce men and women capable of being able to think rationally, to think based off of truth. And we seem more more willing to teach our kids about all the colors of the rainbow than we do to actually educate them on what really matters. Like this is what's happening right now in our nation. There's a battle that's going on right now for our young people. There's a battle that's going on for our not so young people. There's a battle that's going on across the board to be able to distract and disrupt the ability to, not even, we're not even talking about godly principles here, but just common sense that sometimes seems like it's gone out of the window. And if that wasn't enough, then we have other things like our our economy and skyrocketing inflation and all this other stuff. And then we have borders that are wide open for everyone to come in. And we have sex trafficking and drug trafficking and and terrorists that we know that are coming through our borders right now. Like this this is not something that we're just kind of making up. This is legitimate. This is happening. And so we see these things taking place and yet there's always something else to be distracted with. There's always something else to look at, right? We have to be aware of the fact that in our nation last year, 100,000 individuals overdosed on fentanyl. 100,000. That we have drug trafficking and, and sex trafficking that skyrocketed as well because we have 7 million people coming across our borders. It's a lot of people. And I'm not even just talking about the fact that it's taxing our infrastructure, I'm talking about the fact that you have drug cartels who have made a business out of this. That they're using children to divert away from the drugs that they're bringing in. And sometimes when they're crossing the water and they know that maybe the drug enforcement's coming in, they throw the children in the river to be a distraction. So that there's a choice that has to be made. Are we going to go after the drugs or are we going to save the children? Like these are things that are happening and we're not always talking about them. But they're important and they're significant. And we as the church need to be aware of them. Yeah. There is some good that comes out of this, which is that now we have more people to vote. <laughs> then in this last election, we had certain states in our nation that allowed voters without any documentation to come in and to vote on behalf of the policies that are going to impact us as Americans. Like, these things are happening. And and so you may ask Pastor Sam, don't you care about the immigrants? And the answer is 100% yes, every single one of them. Every man and every woman and every child that comes into our nation. I care about each one of them because they were created in the image and the likeness of God. That they have purpose, they have value, they have identity, that God has spoken them into existence. And that's why we as a church, when we found out that there were immigrants coming into Dutchess County, we immediately said, what can we do to serve them? What can we do to love on them? What can we do to bring them the gospel? Because that's our responsibility as the church. But it doesn't stop there. It cannot stop there. We are called to be obedient to love every single person we come into contact with. But we have to understand what's going on right now in the world that we live in. And we can't turn a blind eye. We can't turn a blind eye to 350 kids coming across the border every day without parents. Subject to all kinds of things once they get here, and obviously beforehand. You see, we have a nation that is right now under attack. It's under attack in many ways. Physically, it's an attack from the outside. It's, it's being undermined from the inside. But we also know that there's a spiritual battle that's taking place right now. There's a spiritual battle that's taking place for the minds and the hearts of every person. There's a spiritual battle that's coming against the church right now, that's coming against families, that's coming against God-given ideals that we are meant to stand on. See, this is something that we have to be aware of because when words like freedom are being looked at as hate speech, there's a problem here. And then we have issues where Russia and China are intentionally putting in bad information through social media and all these different places so that we're even more divided against each other. Fighting battles on fronts that we really don't even know what's going on because there's bad actors involved. And this is what's happening. But those nations, they don't allow their own kids to be on the same social media because they're teaching them how to be good, upstanding citizens for their nation. But instead, we have TikTok taught me where we're allowing social media to raise our children. To be able to teach them about sexuality and all these identity things that they have no business knowing anything about at this point. But that's what's happening in the world that we live in right now. See, there is an attack that is going on. It's been put on full display in many areas. And it's not to say that these are the only two areas that we're going to cover here today. But they're two important ones. And if we could just put on that graphic of of what we see coming against America right now. We see some of the values that we used to stand on, like the Ten Commandments and, and God's rule and, and a healthy family and the freedom of speech and prayer in the public places and and our military and standing for what they believe in and being proud of them. That's who we used to be. But now we realize that we're under attack because these things are being canceled out and, and it's all these other things that are taking on, taking place like bribery and, and being able to cancel out voices that we don't agree with and, and teaching us that America is not a place that we should love anymore, but it's a place that we should hate and we should be ashamed of. Like these are the things that are taking place in our universities right now. Where assignments are being given based off of whether or not you line up with their political agenda Not based off of truth or rational ideology Like this is what's happening right now In some of the most uh, uh, prestigious institutions in our nation It's what's taking place And then we see these two issues that come up that that are super important we see that this last week we had our elections and what was the most important thing that we were up against? What was the most important issue that was being faced and talked about? Abortion, right? We have the young child in the womb. This is what the, the attack is on. Whether or not we are going to allow there to be laws that are going to eliminate life, this is the conversation that we're having. This is the attack that's taking place right now in our nation. And so we have... Uh, Politicians that are being encouraged, you know, just tone it down a little bit. They just don't talk about the pro-life stuff as much. Because we need to get into office. Like, let's be more strategic. And, and you know, I, I get the logic to a certain extent, but what are we saying? Let's compromise on what we really believe in and what truth actually is so that we can get votes. This is unacceptable. The church cannot be silent on these issues. The church cannot afford to be quiet when we're talking about young lives. And I always try to say this with all of the genuine, out of the most genuine place that I can. This is not to shame anyone who's had an abortion. This is not to come at anyone and to make you feel ashamed in any way, shape, or form. Okay, We recognize the struggles of life and we understand the difficulties surrounding these things. But we as a church, we cannot afford to have any wavering opinion when it comes to how we feel about life in the womb and outside of the womb. We must choose life and we cannot waver on this. We see that this child is up against so much. And if we look at the next slide, we see just some of the voices that are coming against our unborn children. This is some of the statistics from Planned Parenthood. From 2019 to 2020, there were 383,460 abortions that took place. Over the past 10 reports, they have performed nearly 3.4 million abortions. But their number of patients actually is going down because they would like to tell you that they're there to support the woman. It's all about the woman's right. But the problem is that they're not actually supporting women because when it comes to offering adoption, for every adoption referral in 2019 to 2020, Planned Parenthood performed 198 abortions. They made $1.7 billion in that year. This is not about protecting women. This is about making money. And as far as I'm concerned, it's about portraying and, per- and going forward with a plan of deception from the enemy to kill and to steal and to destroy but we have to be aware. And so if we go to the next slide, we do hear some of the voices that come against them. We hear the, the, the political aspects of this and the Hollywood influencers and, and we hear those on social media and, and the protests and all of this stuff and, and the church has to be silent. We can't talk about this stuff. Can I tell you that if you're part of this church, we're going to talk about this stuff. We need to talk about this stuff. This, this unborn child being attacked, And yet we know more about life in the womb than we ever have before. There's a video that I want to show of a video that we can now be inside the womb and see a child in the womb. We can see the clump of cells. That is clearly not a clump of cells. It is a child created in the image and likeness of God. We no longer can be unaware of what's going on when we can see inside the womb. We have to know the truth and we have to be willing to speak the truth We cannot be afraid of the voices that would come against us to try to make us feel badly for standing for life We cannot be shamed into being silent any longer That is a baby. That is a child and it deserves to live and it's as simple as that And so we go from that really easy topic to talk about to yet another, because we know what took place on October 7th, where Hamas, a terrorist organization that would pretend to be a political party, went into Israel and attacked and killed over 1,600, kidnapped 242, including children, and yet... The world would want us to look at it As if Israel was the one that took The offensive against somebody else If we look at the social media And we look at the protests And we look at what's going on in London And New York City Where they're climbing up and taking down American flags To put in Palestinian flags Ripping off the pictures of kidnapped individuals To pretend like it didn't happen As if it's propaganda I looked at those pictures There are babies that have been kidnapped Children And it breaks my heart It breaks my heart But it doesn't just break my heart Because I recognize that it's not just Israel That's being affected by this But there is those that are in Palestine Who are under the regime and the rule of Hamas That are also in a place of being in bondage And being kidnapped in their own way Not able to choose Not able to have freedom But what do we as the church do? Do we pretend like it doesn't exist? Or do we step into a place of intercession For those on both sides? To believe for Israel to have the wisdom on how to defend their country that they can trace back 3,000 years ago when we read our Bibles and we see the story of God speaking to Abraham and to Isaac and to Jacob, knowing that God gave them this land. Do we stand on the truth that's in the word of God or do we allow social media to change our understanding of what's really happening? Do we intercede for those on both sides? Do we intercede for the leaders of Hamas in the same way that we intercede for the leaders of Israel? Because our responsibility is that we know that our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness that are out to steal, kill, and to destroy. But we, the church, we, the children of God, must be the ones that are standing up for what is right and not being succumbed by the popular opinion of the world and bowing down to culture who says, Israel's the problem here. That is not who we're called to be. We must actually understand what's taking place here. It's shocking and it's disheartening to see that this nation is once again under attack. Like the things that are being said from the river to the sea, that means from the river to the sea, wipe Israel out. And how many years ago was it that Nazi Germany was saying the same thing about the Jewish people? It wasn't all that long ago that we were dealing with that. And now once again, we have... I don't know if it's millions, but it seems like it, of voices chanting and saying that we want to wipe out Israel. If you were to look at all of the the countries that are Muslim nations in the world, there's 49 of them. They take up 13.3 million square miles of our earth. Do you know how many nations are predominantly Jewish? One. Do you know how many miles they cover? 8,550 square miles. 93.6% less land, and yet that little sliver right there, that little sliver, that is the point of contention for everyone. That Israel would have their own place to be able to stand and call their home, based off of thousands of years of their heritage and being called there by God. You see, we see these battles taking place. We see the the popular opinion about it, and then we have to, to, to ask, what is our responsibility in this? It is to pray. It is to believe. But it's also to know the truth and to stand on the truth. We have to understand that this battle is multifaceted. It's multidimensional. It's not just being fought with bullets and rockets, but it is being fought in the spiritual realm as well. But when we look at this nation, there's a lot to be seen here. This nation of Israel has been the focal point of the kingdom of darkness for thousands of years. And there's a reason why this tiny nation surrounded by enemies is the one that God has set apart. It really does give me new meaning and new meaning for me when I look at Psalm chapter 23, verse 5. Where God said, or David said, you prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. Isn't it like God to give this land to Abraham and his descendants, knowing full well the position that they would be in from the very moment that they took Jericho all the way through to this present time. Wouldn't it be like God to place his people in this nation, surrounded by those who would try to attack them, to kill them and wipe them off the face of the earth? Like, couldn't couldn't God have just, when they were leaving Egypt, instead of parting the Red Sea, parted the Indian Ocean? and just said, hey, there's, there's Australia. You can have that whole continent to yourself. Like, go there. I did the math. It would take about two years, not 40, to get from Egypt to Australia, and they could have had the whole thing. No problems, no enemies surrounding them, but where did God put them? In the very center, being surrounded by their enemies. Why? Because God knew that His people were not supposed to be dependent on any other force or source of strength, but Him, His power, His strength, and His grace in them. Isn't it like God to put you in the middle of a circumstance where it seems like so much is coming after you so that you know that your only source can be Him? So that you know the only place that you can go to To protect you and to save your life is the God of the universe who loves you. Like that is not just true of Israel. That's true of us. We have been grafted into the family of God. We have been grafted into the line of Abraham through the blood of Jesus. We have been adopted as sons and daughters, which means that it's not just Israel that is called to trust God with everything that they have. It is us as well. That we need to understand that when we are sitting at the table surrounded by our enemies, That there is only one source of life that we can go to. It's not to go to the world. It's not to go to Egypt. It's not to go to the places where we feel like this makes sense. This is going to solve all of our problems. But to go to the God of the universe. To recognize that He is the one. The only one that we are called to trust in. See, we need to recognize here today that this is who we are. We are the children of God. We are the children of Abraham. We are called to trust in Him even when everything would seem to indicate that we are being attacked on all sides. You see, I bring these things up today because our nation is under attack. The world that we live in is under attack. There are things surrounding us. There there are things that are becoming increasingly more volatile. But yet we have the ability and the responsibility to recognize who we are as the body of Christ. That we have been placed here on this earth for such a time as this. Right in the middle of all of it. It's time that we got comfortable being in the middle of the chaos. In the middle of the action. Not removed off to the side. Not in a separate hemisphere. But in the middle of all of it. Because this is where God has called us to be. Refusing to bow down to the whims of culture. Refusing to bow down to public opinion. Refusing to bow down that would try to say that we are closed minded and bigoted because we have a belief system founded and based in the Word of God. Refusing to allow any other voice to be louder in our lives than the voice of our God and King speaking into our hearts as His children. We cannot allow ourselves to be swayed anymore, to be pushed anymore. We have to know who we are and the truth upon which we stand. We will not allow the lies of the enemy to dictate what our future is going to be. Not as a family, not as a nation, not as believers in Jesus, not as the church. We will not allow culture to change who we are. And we will not put our trust in any other place, in any other source besides God. I want to read a story here today because although this message started a certain way, it's always the word of God that we're going after. So 2 Kings chapter 4, I want to read a story, or 2 Kings chapter 6, a story about the prophet Elijah, Elisha. Once when the king of Syria was warring against Israel, he took counsel with his servants saying, at such and such a place shall be my camp. They were strategizing militarily. But the man of God, Elisha, sent word to the king of Israel, beware that you do not pass this place, for the Syrians are going down there. So Elisha would give the king of Israel the intel. And the king of Israel sent to the place about which the man of God told him. Thus he used to warn him so that he saved himself there more than once or twice. And the mind of the king of Syria was greatly troubled because of this thing. And he called his servants and he said to them, Will you not show me who of us is for the king of Israel? And one of the servants said, None, my lord, O king, but Elisha, the prophet who is in Israel, Tell, tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedroom. And he said, go and see where he is that I may send and seize him. Behold, he is in Dothan is what he was told. And so he sent their horses and chariots and a great army and they came by night and they surrounded the city. All right. A couple of impactful things about this account right from the very beginning. It's that there is a battle that's going on. There is an army that is set out to destroy Israel. But there is a man who is taking the time to hear what God is saying. And prophetically, God is speaking to Elisha. And Elisha is getting the battle plans and the strategy of the enemy so that the kingdom of Israel would not be defeated. I don't know if you can draw any connections here today. But there is a battle going on in the world that we live in. Who will be those who will be willing to go and sit before God to hear what He's saying, to be able to bring forth the strategy to expose the plans of darkness so that there can be victory, not just in the church, but also in our communities and our nation as well. You see, in the midst of the battle, God is speaking. In the midst of the challenge, in the midst of the attack, God is speaking. In the midst of the time where you feel like nothing is going right, God is speaking. It doesn't matter the enemy that is against you. Satan himself, it does not matter because God, the king, is speaking to you and he is speaking to you what you need to know in the moment that you need to know it. We continue this account, verse 15. When the servant of the man of God rose early in the morning and went out, behold, an army with horses and chariots was all around the city. And the servant said, alas, my master, what shall we do this is the sound of despair what shall we do and I don't know about you but there have been a few times in my life where I'm like God what am I supposed to do right now there have been times right now where we might look at our nation and say God what shall we do and although this statement looks like it's a statement that is made out of fear and not out of faith I want to suggest to you here today that we need to be asking that exact same question What shall we do? But we are not asking this question of the world. We're asking this question of God himself. What is the strategy? What are the things that are being said in the bedrooms of those who are plotting for evil? What are the things that you want to speak to us? So we continue this and we look in verse 16. He said, Elisha, to his servant, Do not be afraid. For those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Can I tell you today that there are more of those who are with us than more that are against us? And then Elisha prays this prayer, and it's a powerful prayer that we need to be praying as well. Oh Lord, please open our eyes that we may see. Open our eyes that we may see. So the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountains were full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. And when the Syrians came down against him, Elisha prayed to the Lord and said, please strike this people with blindness. So he struck them with blindness in accordance with the prayer of Elisha. So much in this. Open his eyes to see what I can see. Open his eyes to see what's really taking place in the spiritual realm. Because you might feel that everything in the world has come against you but can you see that there are more for you than those that are against you? Not only does he see, but then Elisha prays a prayer and says, I want them to be blind. I want you to take care of this army. And God ends up using Elisha mightily in this story. But the fact is this, he prays and his prayer is answered. Just just listen to the words one more time. Please strike this people with blindness. Let's not do that. This is Old Testament. Okay? But what does it say next? So he struck them. Who is he? God. Why did he do it? What is the so? What precedes the so? Because Elisha prayed and asked. And when Elisha prayed and asked, God did what he asked in accordance with the prayer of Elijah. What is the prayer that you're praying today? What is the prayer that you're praying in the midst of the situation that you're facing? What is the prayer that you're praying when it seems like the whole world is coming against you, against the church, against America, whatever you want to put in that box, what is the prayer that you're praying? Are you praying a prayer based off of what you see in the natural, or are you praying a prayer based off of what God is saying in the spirit? We, the church... Need to be the people, the people, we the people of the United States. We need to be the ones who know who God is, know what He's saying, and are listening and praying prayers that are in alignment with His truth, in alignment with what He is saying, and not anyone else, not any other social media platform, not any other influencer, not any other pastor if it doesn't line up with the Word of God. It needs to be the truth. Because the truth is the very thing that sets us free. The truth is the very thing that gives us the ability to stand in confidence when we know that everything is coming against us. Guys, just think about it one more time. Israel, this tiny little nation, the size of New Jersey, in the middle of all of it, and that's where God put them. Where has God put you today? Because when we recognize that He has put us in the midst of some of the situations that we're facing, we can recognize that He has also given us what we need to overcome.